Welcome to Odyssey House Journals. I'm Trip Mitchell, and that's Randall Carlisle. Randall, last show you dressed up. You were in coat and tie, so I bought a new shirt. I went down well, to... You, you look very nice. No. You just tried <laughs> to outdo me from the last one, right? Well, I, you know, you were very impressive. It's funny when... Uh, when you see someone on TV all the time, we would never see you without a coat and tie. Right. So uh, I slept in a coat and tie. Did you ever wear yeah. shorts on set? No, no, because uh, if you look at TV newscasts right now, they have you standing full screen in front of big boards and everything. So the days of wearing shorts are gone. And I have worn shorts before, yeah, and no, you know you're behind a yeah, set yeah. and you're having fun. So tell us about our guest this week, Jose Toledo. He's one of the clients of Odyssey House, uh, and uh, Jose, you'll tell your story. But but the whole point of talking about this today, and I and will be real straightforward, is is Jose spent uh, quite a bit of time in Odyssey's residential program, got out, and then relapsed, and is now back in the program again. And so we sort of want to focus on on what relapse means, how it happens, and how it doesn't have to be a permanent thing. You know, that as, as you and I attest to, we're, you know, recovering alcoholics. If I had a drink, I'd call it a relapse. But the, the issue is not that I had a drink, but how long did I keep drinking at that point? Or did I come back? You know, sure. So. And for those of you who are watching our show the first time, what we're doing is pointing out kind of some great people, telling some stories about addiction here in Utah. And you'd be surprised to know that the amount of alcohol addiction combined with people with a lot of pills, a lot of opiates, a lot of other challenges, it's a big percentage of our population. And what we're trying to do is introduce you to some people who've had these challenges, Randall and myself included, sure. but also give you a number to call. We love working with Odyssey House, and we ha we'll have that number up on the uh, screen, but we really, just want you to call, talk to some people. If you've got someone in your family, if you've got a family member directly or a friend, making a call makes a big difference. And since we're on iTunes and Spotify now, you've got to mention well, that. I'll, yes. I'll say that, which is cool. So if you want to drive to work and listen to what we're doing, that's a good way to do it. So the number you're referring to is 801-322-3222 for people who are not watching this. They had a complicated number, but Randall couldn't remember it. So they went back to the yeah, phone right. company and said, we want something for Randall. Yeah. And what's that number again? 801-322-3222. Fantastic. Yes. And so just real quick before we talk to Jose, you were lucky. You, in your recovery, you only went back out once. And that's kind of the term. Or did you? Well, I was a functional alcoholic for like over 40 years. Jose, oh, turn Jose, off that there phone. is a fine in broadcasting. And you were in entertainment. <laughs> yeah, there's a uh, dollar fine for having your phone on. Anyway, I was a functional alcoholic for like 40-some years. And then when I the first time I really worked on getting sober and I went through a treatment program, I was clean for nine months, and I relapsed for several months, and then the last time I've been clean for going on seven years. So, that's, yeah, so that's fantastic. Yeah. And with with that in mind, Jose, thanks for coming out. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Jose. I've I've gotten to know Jose through our adult residential program. He's, he was in our Mill Creek house. So, yeah. So I went I went to Mill Creek, um, and I started there. Um, as one of the founders of Mill Creek, um, I have a lot to offer with Odyssey. Um, I learned a lot from Odyssey. I took the time to uh, learn about myself. Once I learned about myself, I uh, 
applied everything and uh, yes I did put 19 months into my recovery um, out of those 19 months uh, nothing has gone to waste even though I did relapse uh, the reason I say that is because uh, you learn more and more um, I was not willing to go out there and relapse I didn't want to you know um, nobody plans that right <laughs> no but it happened and the cool thing that the I realized when that happened is that I can snack, snap out of it and uh, seek the help that I So, So I a lot deserve. of the tools you learned during your first sobriety period were the tools that you called upon when all of a sudden you took another drink or whatever you did. Yes. Um, once I relapsed, um, I went back to using drugs um, and alcohol as well. Um, once I relapsed, I... I could have sat there in my misery and just say forgive and forget everything, and I could have just not care anymore. You know, like usually every time that I do, that's what happens, right? But this time, what was different was that I was able to catch myself in what we called a relapse cycle. Okay, I caught myself going in that relapse cycle, and I walked myself through the recovery cycle. Um, because of the tools that I learned, you know, it's not easy to say, hey, I need help. Hey, I, I, I messed up. You know, it's not easy. It's pretty embarrassing. Sure it is. You know, uh, there's no self-esteem with it, like, whatsoever, so you don't care. Um, but just the tools that I utilized, that I learned there, uh, got me back into realizing, <laughs> hey, I'm messing up. I'm messing up to the point where I'm going backwards, not forward anymore, you know? And uh, Did you feel that you let down all the people that worked with you? Of course. Of course. My therapist, the people that care for me, like Aunt C, you know, that lady's been there for me uh, through thick and thin, and, and she's she believes in me, and I feel, I feel like I let her down. But at the same time, um, she was the first one I reached reached out to. How did that call? She's the one who runs our, our Mill Creek program, so yes. just to, for clarity. How did, how was that call, or how was that meeting? Um, I call her, and I just, I don't know. I have this thing with her where I can be honest with her. You know what I mean? Uh, I, she knows when I'm lying. She knows when I'm bullshitting. So there's no need to get there. You know what I'm saying? So I told her straight up. I said, hey, look, um, I messed up. Um, you told me, you know, you pretty much taught me to reach out if I messed up, you know what I mean? And that's, once I realized that I said that to her, it was like, I'm in the right path. I'm okay. What'd she say back when you said that? Um, well, what do you want to do? And I, at that point, I, I, I let go of everything. And I said, you know what? It's up to you. You know, you're the one with the license. You're the one that, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're the one that knows what, what to do next. I don't. That's what I'm calling it, type of deal. So, once I I told her that she's she's she snapped out of everything. Like she was shocked, but she was able to turn the wheels and help me out. You know? So were you? So when you had this relapse, you had moved out from Odyssey House. So yeah, I um I IOP'd out from uh, uh, IOP is uh, out outpatient intensive intensive outpatient, and so I IOP'd out. And then uh, I was going to do some aftercare uh, program and stuff. But uh, job and everything got together. Like, 
it wasn't mixing. I was making good money. Um, I went to uh, car sales. So I, you know, I had to wait things out. Do I want my job or do I want my treatment? You know, like I'm already in the real world where I'm going to have to pay rent. I'm going to have to pay food. I'm going to have to pay for transportation, etc. right? Um, or do I just be the baby and get help still, you know what I mean? And I decided to go on my own. Well, once I went on my own, everything came down, like down slide, you know, it, it just, it crumbled. And so it got overwhelming. How long were you back out? Um, I was out for almost a month, month and a half. So before I relapsed. you have to, no, um, excuse me, uh, when you relapsed, how long was that relapse period? Uh, about seven to nine days at the most. That and shows he, a his, lot of maturity. His drug of choice is meth. Uh, so that's what that's what you relapsed yes. on. Yes. Okay. But yes. to relapse and then realize so quickly that you've made a horrendous mistake is great because a lot of people will relapse for years. Well, and we were talking about that coming over in the car because uh, when I relapsed, it was several months that I, because the attitude for people who don't understand addiction is, you, you do feel terrible, you feel like a loser, you feel like you, you know, you're defeated. And then you say, well, I'm already messed up, so I'll just keep messing up for a while. Cause that, and that's when I asked you the question about calling the woman. When you make that call, you've kind of said, okay, it's over. Uncle. Yeah, uncle. But, yeah. but many times. Howie, howie. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, you got me on this one. But many times you don't, when you're out, when you've gone into relapse, you know, things aren't that bad. I don't want to make that call because once I make that call, things get hard again. You know, you think that you're out there and things are easier when you're drinking. They're not in the case of no. drinking or certainly not in drugs. But, you know, it, it's it's that hard realization to say, okay, I screwed up. I'm going to make this call. And making that call is the next step. And you were out selling cars. Was that a pretty wild business? So it was pretty easy. You were good at it. Pretty easy. Yes, I became numbers, uh, number two salesman in the building like, Within two three days of me getting hired, and he's a uh, smooth talker. See, That's there's <laughs> a, a good car salesman. There's uh, there's no logic to it. It sells itself, pretty much. The brand's already there, and it sells itself. Um, I was it was easy for me to make money. I made a lot of money real quick. Um, and was that bad for your recovery? Yes and no. Yes, in the sense of. Um, I'll have unlimited money to kill myself or, <laughs> or uh, no in the sense of no matter what happens, I got money in my pocket and I'm going to be okay. I can go get a hotel room or go eat when I want to or, you know what I mean? So, um, yes and no. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of the work thing had a lot to do with the relapse. Everything came down hill and it just piled up on everything, you know, and I got overwhelmed and I said, hey, you know. So, Jose, the interesting part that I've learned from doing this show with Randall is that in the case of an alcoholic, if we want to go and start drinking again, and we use the term going back out, yeah, it's pretty easy to find alcohol. Oh, yeah. Uh, real easy. <laughs> but when it came to drugs, I had no idea it was so easy, and we had a guest on the show couple months ago and said she could go out and find drugs within 20 minutes 
anywhere in Salt Lake? You know what? It's it's crazy. Uh, there was a point where you couldn't find anything here in Utah. It was really, really hard. Today, it's like everything's around the corner. But you have to know the drug culture to do it. You do and you don't. As long as you have money, it money talks. Money will get you whatever you want, whenever you want. You know what I mean? So if you have $40 and you're willing to share with somebody five bucks out of the forty dollars they'll get you the drugs immediately you know what i mean it's it's kind of sad i think i think people you know watching or listening to this would find that hard to believe that here in pristine salt lake city it's that easy yeah i mean i i i I won't fit in right off the bat right if i'm dressed up nice and cleaned up they're gonna think i'm a cop so i ain't gonna i try to go myself you know what i'm saying but uh, you can always find some a third party that knows somebody that knows somebody that has something. You know what I mean? So it's kind of sad, but uh, yeah, I mean it's and it's not just downtown on the tracks. No, it's, no, no, it's, it's everywhere. It's a nice community, so-called nice community. It's everywhere. Unfortunately, it's everywhere. Um, I mean, I could pick up my phone right now and just hit up a random girl. Hey, you want to hang out? Yeah, well, I bet you ninety percent of the times they use you know what I mean like and it's sad it's beautiful girls that are you know have everything ahead of them and they just they're using it's that it's just not it's not just one you know uh, class it's everybody it doesn't matter high class low class it's everywhere religion it it doesn't discriminate religion it doesn't discriminate anything it's everywhere it's amazing the number of uh, people in in Odyssey House anyway, and at AA meetings that I've that I've been to, who grew up uh, in a very religious family. You know, they didn't seem to transcend into the. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to drug. Well, and one of the issues in in the predominant culture, there's a perception of weakness if you allow yourself to have a drug or alcohol problem. And that's not the case. It's a disease. But that being said, it's still, it's reached into the conservative culture amazingly. And a lot of it through narcotics or through legal prescription medication. Oh, yeah. Your first, that first toe in the water, you take a pill and it feels good. Yeah, it's the, that's the gateway. (laughs) Definitely. Those are the gateway drugs for sure. And it's, it's just crazy. So in your case... Prior to everything coming apart, you were in the entertainment business. And that's kind of a <laughs> tough business because there's a lot of drugs and alcohol there. Definitely. And that's something I don't ever want to go back to. Like, if I went back to entertainment, it would be like strictly like watch my back all the time. I, I couldn't do it. Uh, that's why I don't want to go back into entertainment whatsoever. Um, if I go pick up an artist down the, to the airport, they're going to want something. I'm not trying to get myself caught up in that mix. You know so being saying? smart is a, is a big component of your recovery and realize I don't want to put myself in a position. Yeah, definitely. One yeah. of the guys I work with has, has worked on a couple of movies, uh, not necessarily here, but in California. And, and he's pretty, he was a relatively innocent person. And he's <laughs> the first movie he worked on. He, he walked into the green room or somebody's trailer or something, and there were lines of white powder all on a, on a coffee table or something. He said, what's that? And they said, well, it's cocaine for the people who want it. 
and and it was just like it was like why are you even asking? I mean, that's just commonplace stuff. You know? Well, it, it you know it, it encourages people to do things faster, it's, not necessarily better, <laughs> but certainly faster. One of one of the things in the entertainment business that's really kind of a adjunct is that there are people who will fake being in recovery and go to AA meetings to get work in the entertainment business in LA. Really? They fake it because there's so many people involved in the movie business and television business that are members of AA. They'll sometimes give advantages to people who are in that community to get work. Wow. So there's... Nice. It's the only positive side I can think to to being a recovering alcoholic or addict. (laughs) (laughs) You might get some work. You know what I'm curious about is is what what did you what was it that you learned at Odyssey that made it easier for you to acknowledge relapse and come back? I mean, what specifically for people who don't understand? I mean, what what kinds of things did you learn? Well, I've learned a lot of coping skills, definitely right, and uh, they're unlimited. I mean, they can just pile up. Um, I didn't just learn from Odyssey. I also learned uh, some of the coping skills through uni. Um, because I do have mental health issues as well, you know. Um, so I'm trying to cope with everything at once. But uh, um, one thing that I learned the most was uh, how to deal with my uh, depression and also with uh, my PTSD. Um, I started EMDR, which is uh, a pretty cool tactic uh, to get you to confuse the, the front lobes, you know, and uh, get some wise thinking with the pineal gland, I guess. Um, I wasn't paranoid. That's one one thing that I do want to talk about is that I was not paranoid like before, you know. I'm not, if I was to get high, I, I'd get paranoid quick. Um, this time I, I, I'm able to manage that, you know what I mean? Because I know it's, it's nothing but my mind just playing a trick on me, you know what I'm saying, in the end. Uh, and uh, also the drugs just playing part of it, you know what I mean? So, um, I don't know. I, I learned a lot. I I learned how to utilize coping skills such as the breathing relaxation uh, or uh, self-centering myself, you know, with uh, smell, touch, sense, you know, the whole works, the whole senses. Um, that's a lot of stuff that, that works for me. Um, but especially the breathing relaxation, that's... Mm. So you're in a situation where you're about to maybe go crazy and flip out and yeah, make yourself. some bad choices. Yeah. In AA, they have an expression that I think is makes a lot of sense, and that is, whatever your good idea is, do the opposite, because <laughs> okay. it probably isn't. Okay. <laughs> you know, we, we were talking earlier, in a, because people wonder how people get involved in the drug world or the alcohol world or whatever you want to want to call it and I don't know if you want to talk about this but you were talking about how how as at a very early age you were dealing drugs can you yeah so I I come from a big family and um, I'm the oldest Uh, we never really had anything nice growing up you know and uh, I wanted to be the kid that was different you know that stood out like wanted to be the popular kid of course you know and with the clothes that I had, I never could get that far, you know. Um, I was lacking a lot of clothes, so I decided to start selling drugs. Uh, what age is uh, About 10 to 11 years old is when I started, actually. 
That's what shocked uh, me. I mean, five, five, fifth or sixth, sixth grade, grade. Yeah, somewhere around there. Where was this? Where did you grow up? Um, 33rd South and 9th East. There's a little school right there. I can't remember what the school was called. Uh, that's where I was going. Um, I ended up going to uh, Evergreen Junior High. Or, uni- yeah, Evergreen Middle School. And then I went to, I uh, moved out to Sandy, so I went and ended up going to Union. Um, seventh grade, I got cut up with uh, guns, which were my dad's, but uh, they were to protect me and my little drug deals, I guess. Excuse me. When you're in fifth um, or sixth grade, are you selling to other fifth and sixth graders? No, I'm actually selling to like seventh graders and above at that time. Wow. Uh, high schoolers. Did you ever get beaten up or ripped off? Oh, yeah, I got ripped off all the time. Um, I got beat up a, uh, quite a few times. Um, parents would ask what happened. Oh, I just got in a fight, blah, blah, blah. That's it, you know. Um, How much money were you making? Uh, two, three hundred dollars a week. Um, at that time, that was pretty good. No kidding. Um, you know, I would uh, have older girlfriends. Uh, one of my baby's moms, she was uh, already 18. I was like 14, 13 at the time. Um, I was always like, you know, taking care of girls, paying for their nails, paying for their gas, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, and just because I had all the extra money and stuff. But my parents never knew that I was doing that. My parents always saw new shoes. Well, where'd you get those shoes? Oh, my friend bought them for me. Oh, this and that. You know, but Does that line work? It, it did at one point. <laughs> <laughs> God. It did at one point. Wow. But yeah, no, I, I, I totally regret it because uh, I never did drugs young, you know what I mean? But eventually, being in the world of drug sales and stuff, you eventually want to try something. And that's when things go downhill. So yeah, I mean, I've had a pretty pretty rough life um, had to sell drugs at a young age didn't really have a childhood always got caught up with the law and, and but yet with you that. still were super successful at a, in the entertainment business made a lot of money yes I was successful uh, 2008 I graduated Odyssey House of Utah at Nuke and UCC up in Ogden um, it was a halfway house and uh, I became pretty successful afterwards um, I put one of my best friends on the radio within two days of me getting out of uh, prison uh, from the halfway house, and uh, we went mainstream. He's been the biggest uh, rap artist out of Salt Lake City, Utah. And um, after that, just the fame came, you know, and uh, I decided to open up an entertainment company. I didn't want to be doing uh, tours anymore. I didn't want to be on the road, you know, working. So um, I, pre- I became pretty successful, actually. Um, Biggest accomplishment would be uh, Playboy Energy Drink uh, promotions, uh, promotions for uh, Formula Three Ferrari. That's pretty big out there, you know. Um, but yet you had a relapse. Yeah. And it took it all away, and yet you were smart enough to say, "Hey, I've got to make a call and change things around." Yeah, that's all it takes. It's it's the guts to say, "I need help." You know, realizing yeah. I'm messing up and. This time, do you feel you're much better equipped to handle long-term sobriety? Oh, definitely. Definitely. That, that right there taught me a lot that, you know, I'm, I have some growth within me and that I can uh, recognize the steps that I've been taught, you know, to recognize and walk back to the same path that I was in, if not a better one. But Well, that, thank you so much for coming in and talking. When, when he came in, I, I mean... I, 
I'm not being derogatory, but you look like a wounded puppy <laughs> when you came in and said, I oh. need help, you know, and, and I, I applaud you for doing that because that's, that's one of the hardest things for any of us to do. Oh, I, sure. I need help, you know. Because you, you feel like you've let down everyone who's helped, who's spent that extra time. And what I've learned in, in my years being around the recovery community is that most people do it. It's not a straight line, and that we welcome people unequivocally back in. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, and that is probably the thing that you learn. And it was interesting, some folks were in doing a podcast earlier, and, and all of them had been around the recovery community and, and been to A meetings, and someone said something that was really interesting. Your first go, you should appreciate it, because every day that you're sober or not on drugs is a birthday, is a record. Nice. When you go in the second time, you don't have that. Yeah. You, you got to get to right. that. Yeah. And it was something I hadn't thought about, but it's, it's very interesting. If you're one of our viewers or listeners, yes. and thank you, Randall, for getting the uh, shows up. I on, think it's exciting because people can drive to work now and listen to this. They don't have to sit down and watch it on a, on well, a given frankly, venue. You know. People that watch it really want to see it to get a chance to see you for 25 Absolutely. minutes. Absolutely. Okay, you saw me. Yeah. Oh. But if you've got some challenges... Give the folks at Odyssey House a call. We are, we want to just encourage you to make a call. And Odyssey House people can tell you about resources in the community. Sure. There's no right or wrong way to get someone help. The only thing wrong is not picking up the phone and, and, and calling. not asking for help, not doing what he did. I need help. Help me, because yeah. there are people out there. I mean, including Odyssey House, but a ton of, a ton of different people who are agencies that you can get help from. Yeah, and, and their goal, our goal, everyone in recovery wants you or your friends or family members to get help because literally the difference is night and day. And when you're in recovery, you're not using, you can be so much of a better family member, father, mother, brother, car, sister. Car salesman. Car salesman. <laughs> you're out there doing something important. For Randall Cartlisle and our guest, Jose, I'm Tripp. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for Thanks. watching. Bye-bye.